Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 278. That's 278. Of course, it is the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be, to be joined with Mr. Liam Keen. Liam, how's hello, it going? We were, we were supposed to be, Keno, in the office together today. Um, due to some corporate presentations, etc. So I was looking forward to doing it in person, but uh, I chose the option of going to Walsall, Wimbledon tonight um, in Wimbledon and uh, set off yesterday for early bird, catches the worm, get to the London apartment and uh, get a lovely a lovely email slash text slash call saying the game's off tonight. So I'm stranded, stranded here. Oh Do you yeah, feel sorry my, for me. My heart bleeds for you. Stranded I'm looking in out the on that. I can see the London Eye. I can see <laughs> Parliament. We've got a Deliveroo coming. You know, we're at uh, it's a nice toasty temperature. I'm really struggling here. I'm yeah, devastated in, that I miss corporate talks in your London bachelor pad, as uh, as you like to refer to it. You don't you don't often say that in public, actually. But um, I'm not just giving the ghost away there. Oh mate, the ladies know apartment sixty two. I have you now. <laughs> Is that Bachois or yours? <laughs> He's sixty four. He is loud, by the way. Crikey. <laughs> I wish he'd signed on loan though. It'd have been quite good banter, wouldn't it? Um I'm not sure he'd have liked it. Had he, Probably had, not. Had he is spotted she? you at a game somewhere. Is she then, boy? You know, Big night tonight, son. Oh, yeah. Dear. No, I don't uh, I don't think he'd have enjoyed it. And uh, would he have scored the goals, Wolves and he? Probably not. I don't know. I think he's got a decent record of scoring goals, to be honest. But nah, anyway. Right. Wolves don't need strikers, do we? <laughs> Uh, we'll go into that in a little bit. Uh, first of all, most important of all, Liam Keane, you need to uh, divulge the situation that you uh, left me a voice note. We've both been starting voice notes again with each other, um, which I, do you know what? I took I took the mick out of voice notes when they first came out, and people listening to them and, and doing them like, what are you doing? I think, I think I send three to four voice notes a day, and maybe other people don't, but I quite like them, and also it saves on the fingers. But um, <laughs> but uh, you are a but, dirty um, dog. How was your how was your uh, excursion on the way home? Because I know you got a bit of a surprise when you got back from City. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but on voice notes, by the way, I, I don't actually send very many. But I I don't mind the odd one now and then. They're all right. Mm. Um, yeah. So you know we, we've been having a little bit of private banter, which sounds dodgy, but it's only about temperatures in the household. Very true. Um, you know, it's it's always the hard hitting, funny stuff between us. Oh, man, laugh a minute. <laughs> exactly. And of course, in, in, in Shea, Judah, you've, um, if, it's, if it drops anywhere below a toasty 20 degrees, you are kicking off. Oh, if there's no, if there's no two at the start, then, then I'm absolutely rioting. And, and unfortunately, um, mm. you know, as, as you are, how do, how do I phrase this? Um, senior, Handsome. you know, as, a, as an older man and ha- wow. haven't been at the comp- company longer than me, but more, more probably more because you're older. Um, wow. And a gambling addict. You've... Um, <laughs> successful one, though. <laughs> very successful. Um, <laughs> you've, uh, you're in the, you know, the very uh, lush position um, to be keeping that heating on. Um, mm. I, I'm, look, I'm not coming from a bitter point of view, but unfortunately, me and dear Rosie, we, you know, we don't, we don't put it on as quite as often. Um, so she was out of, she was actually in Manchester as well, seeing friends for a birthday. Um, so she was out of the house all day. I was out all day at the football. I left at half eight in the morning. Didn't get back till gone nine because I went to see my mom after the game as well. Uh, yeah, still, still some free food. And um, always, I, exactly. I walk in, look at the uh, thermostat, eight degrees <laughs> wow. in, my, in my in my living room. <laughs> wow. Eight degrees. 
That is frigid. That was bad. I mean, that, that's the that's worst I've seen it. I mean, I, it's got down to like this. This morning, I got up out of bed. Went. It was ten, and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> this is cold." Um, you need a heat probably... blanket from Kettle and Toaster, man. Is what you need. <laughs> You're not wrong. We should probably start putting the timer on and getting it on. You know, for, for the early mornings, but. We just we just don't want to you know, the bills are so expensive. We just don't want to put it on unless we're actually, you know, at home there. So yeah, it oh, was, it mate, was, that's it was brutal. Bad, you mean you'll be able to see your own breath soon? Uh, I've, I've had that a few times. I'm not gonna lie. You'd be both you'd be both there, stiff as cardboard. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> it's uh, the only yeah. stiff thing in that room. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah, mate. It was bad. I mean, I walked in. I was like. I mean, I knew it would be bad because no one had been there all day and you know, the yeah. had been on, but I didn't expect it to be eight. So I, I, I did the unprecedented decision Go on. of uh, leaving on for two hours, the heating. Wow. I mean, that's, that's big for me. We normally press the plus one hour button every time we use it. But to, uh, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of violins being played in this background today. A lot of very small violins. You make out like your tiny Tim. With no, you know, your no, bread no, no. and I'm your not, water. I'm not, I'm not asking for. I'm not asking oh, for. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> I mean, you had enough sugar to last, last you a lifetime. I mean, there's pick and mix, and there's pick and mix at Man City, and we'll we'll discuss some of the media facilities. Of course, we'll be coming up later in the podcast. Uh, 11th to 15th will be ranked today. We'll be unveiling them. Um, I know you've been waiting uh, patiently for the last seven days to see who's going to be in the next five on the list. But Kino, so you've gone from eating healthy, and, and fair enough, and you are still eating healthy. But then, like I say, the pick and mix is there at Manchester City. There's an assortment of a variety of different um, delicacies. And I get upstairs after doing um, some match day live with uh, Mr. Burroughs and Tomo, etc. And I see you with this, this cup, which I'm like, well, it's you know, a big cup, fair enough. Coffee, tea. And you've literally got it. And I mean, when there's a brim and a full to the brim, this was overflowing with a variety of different pick and mixes. I'm like, what's going on? Has the diet gone out the window? No, it hasn't, but... And I've been very Because they've gone before the first minute, is what <laughs> I'm saying to you. <laughs> I, I've been very good, but when you're at City, you cannot not have the pick mix. It was... And, and if you're going to be fair, look, I, it, there was a lot of sweets in there, I'm not going to lie. But the cup was was not very deep. It was quite wide, but not very deep. Um, and, I, you know, I, I managed to, you know, pack it in there, and um, <laughs> it was... The cup was quite wide, not very deep, and you managed to pack it in there. No, I'm leaving that up to your own imagination. But it was it was worth it. Uh, aside from the fact that by minute twenty eight, I felt sick. Yes, yes, and that wasn't just the way that Wolves were playing. That was uh, no. that was, was due to a that. sugar sugar overload. Well, let's go on to it. Um, City three, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil, and we got a bit of stick. Kino actually after the game, we got a bit of stick on social media, uh, and I'm going to defend us because uh, that's what I do. So. But first of all, before I said we got a bit of stick, thank you to the 11,900. 11,900 who listened to the last podcast, which is great numbers. We absolutely love it. Um, so thank you if you're enjoying it. If you've picked it up recently, there's been a few people who were tweeting us say they've listened to episode one, which is astonishing every episode. So fair play. Um, and um, whether, you, whether you're old or new, um, you're always welcome here for the little 60 to 90 minutes that we do every single week. Um, look... We both said on camera, Liam, in the post-match analysis, that it was the worst performance under Lopetegui so far. And a few people agreed, and a few people said, look, it was Manchester City you were playing. Um, don't go over the top. And I'm like, I don't think it, it wasn't... It wasn't. It doesn't matter whether they were playing Manchester City or not. And Lopetegui said this after in his post-match presser. 
he was frustrated and angry at the manner of the defeat. And I think the players were. You spoke to Nathan Collins as well. Nathan Collins like was knew that they'd perform badly. You could go to Manchester City, Liam, and Wolves could play the best football of the season. They could get beat 3-0. I wouldn't have any arguments. In fact, I'd back them. But for me, it doesn't matter whether you're playing Manchester City or Mansfield, you know, Liverpool, Leighton, Orient, there's, there's a certain standard there. And for me, Wolves players as a whole collectively um, were, were really poor on that day. Really poor. No, absolutely. You can play the 2010 Barcelona team and lose 3-0, but you can put on individual and a collective performance that is far better than what Wolves put on, particularly in that first 45 minutes, mm. which sounds strange because they conceded two goals in the second half. But that first 45, I mean, defensively, actually the centre-backs weren't, weren't too bad, but playing out from defence you know, was a nightmare. Saar putting Kilman and, and Bueno under so much pressure and they could not build forward when they had the minimal possession they did have. Midfield, they were losing battles. The front three were all over the shop, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, Raul Jimenez was being beaten in the air. He tried to come to hold the ball up. It was bouncing off him. Adama Chore went on one or two runs, but other than that, was so quiet. Huang did what he d- normally does, worked very hard, but had no influence on the game whatsoever. So all of these things combined resulted in a, in a really poor f- first 45 minutes. That they come out in the second half, they make the, the changes... Cunha, Sarabia, um, and who else came on at half-time? My mind's going blank. Um, Cunha, Sarabia, there was, there was three up for it, wasn't it? So they went Pedence. Ah, Moutinho. No, Moutinho, Moutinho came on at half-time. Yeah. Yeah, they, and, they, and they changed it slightly different system. But um, And um, and I thought Cunha and Sarabia did did okay. Pedence came on with 20 minutes to go, actually, mm-hmm. and probably was Wolves' best forward um, yeah. in with 20 minutes played. Um but, you know, they started slightly better, but gave away a penalty at the worst time. And, and that was the game done, really. So um, that first 45 in particular was... Was it penalties to you? I haven't seen the replay, actually. It looked a bit soft at the time. You've probably seen it more than I have. The only replay I've, I've been able to... I've seen so far is the really rubbish one we got at the stadium, which was oh, okay, yeah. up in the gods. Um, so, but there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, com, you know, complaints from... From Nevis or Wolves at the time, so. But Harlan once scored an easier three goals in his, in, in in the Premier Absolutely. League this season, and that was annoying, you know. Um, from my point of view, because I think he I think he had less than ten touches in the game, and three of them were goals. And I, I know that's what he does, you know. He's a world class striker. That that's what he does. But for me, Wolves gifted those goals, and especially the Sar one. The third goal is an absolute absolute disaster, capitulation, really. And we'll come on to that in a little bit, but. Um, that's what's the frustrating thing for me. You know, they've gone to Liverpool and they've put an incredible performance out there and you think and you thought, you know, the motivation going there, that they could basically have a go. And I know that they've got a massive squad, they've got world-class players, but Wolves playing on the Tuesday, City playing on the Thursday, then having a quick turnaround on the Sunday and they'd conceded two goals. They were 2-0 down against Spurs and Wolves couldn't lay a glove on them. And it's, that, that's the frustrating thing for me. And I understand they're trying to get the best side. Lopetegui is trying to, trying to work out his best side. I know it's horses for courses and he admitted he put his hands up and said he got the team selection wrong, hence the three changes at half-time. But at the same time, no matter what 11 you put out there, for me, it was um, they were found wanting. And, and that, was, that was the disappointing thing on the day for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, on the goals as well, look, Haaland's a top-draw player, but... You know he's he, he's won a you know it's a good it's a good move for the first goal but he's won a header too easily um, mm. you know it's a, it's a great leap and he's he's just powerful isn't he and uh, beats Collins in the air penalty and then a tap in from a, a sound mistake I mean you could not make it easier for him if you tried um, and once Wolves I think Sarabia and Cooney's introduction gave them a bit more shape 
Pedence, as I've already said, I thought was was the best forward when he came on. And these are the kind of players that will be starting uh, every week from now on. I, I don't think we'll see the um, that, that same starting eleven yeah. at all, really, particularly that front three. You can see where Lobotigi was coming from. He was trying to have a hard-working uh, forward line. No offence to Adama Troy, who I do like, but he's been frustrating recently. He isn't the best at tracking back. We all know that. But Huang does that, all that dirty work perfectly. Jimenez will do it, and he's good in the air uh, from defensive set pieces as well. Uh, there was one very good clearance he made in the first half when it was at 0-0. So I can see the reasons why he chose that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad he admitted that it didn't work because it didn't. They had they had no outlet. They had no link between midfield and and, and, and attack and were well fairly beaten 3-0. And to be honest, it could have been a lot more. Yeah. Um, talk about some of the changes. Um, Sarabio came on at half-time as well. Um, the new boy from PSG. What did you make of his performance? Uh, I know it was only 45 minutes. I actually thought he took up some decent positions. He's going to take time to adapt, but um, taller than I thought, actually, and, and runs quick, runs well with the ball, but he, he could have got into a good position and um, header, I think it was early in the second half, I believe, Kino, uh, yeah, before right. they conceded the second, but looked promising. Um, it's difficult to judge, I guess, on 45, isn't it, when your backs are to the wall for the majority of the game? Yeah, it's difficult to to be too harsh on him. Um, I think he took up, yeah, as you say, good positions. He was he was somewhere in between right wing and sort of supporting Cunha up until Pedence came on. And it was a bit more of a solid formation, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, took up nice positions in between the lines. Turns well with the ball. Had that header. Had a shot that was blocked by Ake as well. So yeah, you know, there's there's, there's good signs there. I think he's the he, he's reminds me a little bit of uh, of Pedence in the. You know he he's going to want the ball to feet. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to play passes. He's going to want the ball in between the lines. I don't think he's going to be an explosive runner down the wings, but he'll be a sure. player that will that will cut inside onto his left foot. So, yeah, they're, they're, look, he's he's not going to play where he has done without you know a lot of talent, a lot of pedigree. So I think he's uh, I think he's an exciting signing. I really do. It's one that, as we said in the last podcast, went under the radar a little bit um, with all the Jao Gomez situation. But I think he's a good addition. Yeah, we'll come on to Jao Gomez in a little bit. Um, you know, you, you talk about new signings. Always a delight, uh, Liam, when you're on the way to Manchester City and, uh, and and a player gets confirmed. Always a bonus to get the old laptop on the car, get the 4G going in the passenger seat. Uh, Craig Dawson is the latest player to join all the Hampton Wanderers. Obviously, it wasn't registered in time to play against Manchester City. But 3.3, they got their man eventually. It took them six months extra than what they wanted to. But I think a very astute signing, Liam, and someone who... Wolves have lacked really for for quite a long time. A goal scoring centre back gives you that experience, played at the highest level, and you know obviously coming to the twilight of his career. But I think still has a lot to give in in this squad. Well, you remember my dreadful uh, <laughs> prediction with Nathan Collins scoring, so perhaps Dawson will be the man to uh, to take that mantle. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, I know you tweeted the other day as well about his his goal scoring um, records, mm-hmm. particularly in the top flight, and and it is excellent, particularly for a centre back. So. Yeah, I think um, not just that side of things because offensively and defensively, I think Wolves can improve from set pieces, particularly off, particularly offensively. Um, I think we're both frustrated that Collins and, and Kilmer don't score more, um, but I, I will give Collins his credit defensively from set pieces. I think he's, yeah, I think he's very good, um, and they're bringing in a player now who's who's a, pretty much a specialist in those areas and in that position. Um, can play obviously right centre back, can also play right back. You know, he's not going to be the quickest, he's not going to have a turn of pace, but he's experienced. He brings mm-hmm. a little bit of guidance, I think, to the word I've used before for K- 
Kilman and Collins, who I think they need a little bit of someone to, whether he plays or doesn't play, someone to have the arm around the shoulder, give yeah, them a little absolutely. bit of guidance and, and advice. And I think that's going to be ideal. So on and off the pitch, I think it makes sense. At 32 on a two and a half year deal, I think it makes a lot of sense. Financially, I think it's a good signing, 3.3 million. Um, so overall, I think I think it's a pretty uh, astute is the word you used on, on Aleko that I think it makes a lot of sense really. A uh, couple of questions. Um, could you see Craig Dawson, Liverpool at home, coming into this side? Is someone one of those two centre backs, either Kilman or um, or Collins, looking to potentially uh, looking over their shoulder, or do you feel they'll be given one or two more games? And if one of them dips below the standard, I mean. Um, and maybe he prefers one position to the other, then Dawson is in. Has he been brought in as a first-team starter? Has he been brought in to someone to, to really compete with these two? And uh, and they'll get the they'll get an, another few games to show what they can do. I'm going to reserve my right to change my mind next week when we've got the podcast uh, ahead of the Liverpool game. But right now, yeah. I think he and comes And who's into... most under threat if it does happen? Yeah, I think he comes into play. Um, okay. And unfortunately, because he's right-sided... That you would imagine it lends itself to to uh, Collins dropping out, which feels a little bit unfair on him actually, because albeit there was one or two errors again against City. Overall, I thought he actually was was pretty good um, mm-hmm. in comparison to a lot of the players around him. And Kilman is well to be fair to him. Collins made several uh, big blocks and clearances, a couple off the line in the first half as well to, to keep it only at one nil, which could have been a lot worse going into half time. So. I think it'd be a little bit unfair on him to drop him out at this particular point, but I, I do think that, that Dawson comes into play. And I think he knows that he's, well, knows wants to sign for Wolves to play games as well. So um, I think they might do it. I think um, it'll, be, it'll be fascinating to see how they manage the three of them and Totti Gomez as well, of course, who I think, you know, I don't know what he has to do to, to start more games, to be honest, because I think he's been very good in the opportunities he's had. Um, those four be interesting to see how they how they manage them. Unfortunately, you'd imagine Totti is uh, is the the fourth choice of those. But they'll have two left footers, two right footers. There's a bit more balance to the squad now, and um, and it'd be interesting to see what pairing they go with, or if they do switch to a five. But Lobotigi seems pretty intent in, mm. intent rather on the uh, on the four. So it'd be interesting if he changes. So I'm going to ask you, I haven't, uh, haven't told you this, but I'm going to ask you your best Wolves eleven at this moment. If you were picking uh, the best Wolves eleven to win a game of football, and I know it's slightly difficult because Lopetegui will definitely does do horses for courses, but we've just said that maybe a lot of these guys who've had games recently or had chances, whether that be in the FA Cup or, or the league, certain players coming in, certain players not ready, you've got to think that by Liverpool, all of these players will be up, ready to go, and will be totally match fit and up to speed. So... If you're picking a team going forward, your best eleven, what would it be? I'll I'll give you mine, and then and then formation wise players, and then you can come back with yours. Give you a bit of, a bit of time to think, Keenan. See I'll, if you I'll agree. I'm ready to go, mate. But I'll let you go first. Okay, um, I shall go. Uh, first of all, the formation will be a four-two-three-one. I think is Wolves' best formation, and mine will be, even though he's under threat, uh, Jose Sarangol. It will be a left to right. Back four of Hugo Bueno, Kilman, Dawson, mm. and Semedo. I like the dramatic pauses, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, that's my job to, to amp it up. <laughs> two, mid, two in midfield ahead of them will be Robin Neves and 
Mr. Nunes, Mateus. Okay, here we go. I'm the ready. three, the three, <laughs> three forwards will be playing um, on the left-hand side. And for me, there was a bit of a head scratcher that he didn't start this game. Uh, will be the top scorer this season, Daniel Pedence, on the left. It will be Sarabia on the right. And I'm going to put Mateus Cunha in behind. People won't like it. Raul Jimenez. So I, I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep Jimenez in the team. I'm going to have Cunha just off him. And I'm going to have Pedence on the left. And I'm going to have Sarabia on the right. So that's my 11. 4 2 3 1. Like it, love it, hate it, let me know. Kino, floor is yours. So it's very interesting that we're in this position once again, aren't we? Mm. Where somehow, I don't know how you managed it, you've somehow managed to copy my answer. What? What? Um, really? I, I, genuinely, that's what, I, what's what I'd have said. Um, wow. how, however, there's one caveat I, I'd have said, which would depend on the opposition. Look, okay. if Wolves, Wolves are playing a, a City or even a Liverpool, perhaps, or you know, a, a game where they may have to play more in midfield, more, sorry, more... Defensively, that's the right word. Yes. I would say Cunha as a nine, Jimenez not in the starting 11, and mm-hmm. probably Lamina into midfield. Okay. Um, that's the only other caveat I'd made. But otherwise, if we're talking, look, we're playing Southampton away, Bournemouth at home next week. Yeah. Best yeah. starting 11, I'd say exactly what you said. And there's goals there for me. There, there is goals there. I can't see Wolves not scoring goals, the famous last words, of course. But with that, that's an attacking lineup, but they've got enough. They've got enough at the back there. I feel, you know, with with Nunes, with Neves, you know, I've gone for gone, we've both gone for Bueno ahead of Ryan Ignori, who's a fantastic option, of course, and maybe in certain games he he, he would be pushing to play. But if you're going to go those three up top, you know, in behind with with Cunha in behind Raúl, then I think you've got to go with with the more defensive minded minded Bueno um, over over Ryan Ignori. Then you've got a fantastic bench as well on top of that. Um, and you can change it around. Some people will say, well, Sarabia, is he brought in for Moutinho's position? You know, should he be central in behind maybe Acuna? Maybe, but the only reason I've got him on the right-hand side as opposed to in behind is because, let's be honest, Adama Trao is going through a poor period of, uh, at this moment in time. He's not he's not looking threatening enough to start games. Impact, different story, but I think um, I would definitely have him on the bench to start with. And let's be honest, Huang's not really done much since the World Cup. Um, in fact, the World Cup, ironically, has probably been his best period in a... Um, you know, in a shirt this season has been has been playing for South Korea and, and not not for Wolverhampton Wanderers, so he wouldn't be in my starting eleven going forward. Jimenez would be, but I think he needs some help, and I think that those three would definitely help him. And look, if he's not doing the business, then then so be it. But especially with Sarabia, with his assist making, with the stats that he's got, with his compound when he gets more comfortable on the ball and he can start bringing players into play and forwards with quality. Then I think that um, I think we'll see the tide turn with Raúl. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Some um, people are done with him, aren't they? Some people have just that's it. Get rid. He's not the same player. We've discussed before. He's not the same player. But I still think there's a role for him, and we've been more positive than I think a lot of other people. Yeah, he definitely was poor against City. But you know, there's also an argument that he was isolated. So yeah, I think I think he's been a little bit hard done by. But um, I, I agree with the, the way you phrased it to say he needs a little bit of help, and I, I, I think he needs that. And Cunha for me. I think we both agree that we're not 100% sure if he's a nine. So him playing just off Jimenez, I think, works. Um, and even if he does, you know, if they're chasing a the game, he pushes a bit further on, it becomes a 4-4-2. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, a, I know it's a very small, subtle difference there, but there's, there's scope to to change the shape a little bit as well um, within games. So, yeah, I think that, I think that works. I really do. It's a little bit harsh on a couple of players. You mentioned Nori. I agree with that. Um, Collins, I've already mentioned, probably yeah. a little bit unfair and a little bit harsh yeah. on him. But Agreed. Dawson's, um, yeah, I think he's coming to play, and I do think he's going to get a lot of games. Yeah, you can look at it two ways. Yeah, he's probably be a bit unfair, but at the same time. You know, Wolves have gone with this back four for the majority of the season, and they're just outside the relegation zone in the Premier League. So, you know, I know I know it's not just the centre backs' fault, but they haven't really, apart from the start of the season when they were kind of keeping it tight. It's definitely been something that maybe needs to change up as of late. So, watch this space. We shall see. Um, one player who could be involved, Liam. You never know. Into our best eleven could be very very quickly. He's going to be given the keys to Wolverhampton. He's going to be made the mayor of Wolverhampton. He's going to have a statue there. He's going to have free lifetime card in Dixie Chicken. Um, is if he does end up coming, free Zhao Gomez. I mean, <laughs> this guy has become a cult hero. He hasn't even stepped foot into the UK ever. He hasn't even visited Birmingham, um, Wolverhampton, London, anywhere. But uh, look, if this guy ended up coming still after this saga, and it is a saga, by the way, uh, of course, uh, reliable and fair play to you last week for for breaking the situation and what's going on, people. Some people, some people take the mickey. Some people say he doesn't know what he's talking about. What are you talking about? How does he know? Well, it's obviously come out that we was decent information, Kino, and that they are still at a standstill. Um, look, what's the situation with hashtag free Zhao Gomez? Can he be freed? Is he in jail? Is he under? <laughs> is is he is he confined to um, the perimeter of his house and not gardens? Does he get an electric shock every time he leaves or tweets or goes on social media? Um, and can he, could you foresee a situation where eventually this gentleman, this incredible human being, this living legend is allowed to fly into Compton Park? To fly the nest. Um, but you mentioned Twitter. I mean, he, he, he keeps doing the odd little cryptic tweet here. Oh, he loves it. He loves yeah. it. He loves it. He's seeing all of them. He's absolutely <laughs> buzzing. Yeah, look, he, um, I, first of all, fair play to, to him. And if he does arrive... At Wolves, as you just alluded to, I mean, what a way to set yourself up. Heroes, welcome. You set yourself up absolutely perfectly with the fan base because you, uh, at the same in the same token, if he ends up going to Leon, you know, he's not set himself up perfectly for them. But um, if he does come to Wolves, he's set himself perfectly to be loved. Um, and all he's got to do is put in a six out of ten performance on his debut, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, you'd be um, giving him a nine though. <laughs> well, of course I would. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so. Look, as it stands, it's it's been what a week now since since this all kicked off with with mm-hmm. Leon, and um and and much of it is the same. So they they are still at loggerheads. They're still stuck in a position where Leon's offer is slightly more than Wolves. Flamingo, I keep saying Flamingo. Flamingo want to um, want to go with Leon because well, one there is some Brazilian links there with the the owner also owning Botafogo. Leon have also typically had a lot of Brazilian players over the years as well. Um, so there's definitely links there, but financially as well, they you know they want him to go there for a the little bit of extra cash. Um, and the player is simply saying, I want to go to the Premier League, I want to go join Wolves. Um, as it stands, that, that hasn't changed. What has changed, well, not changed, but in terms of slightly new information, is that um, Wolves, from their point of view, don't want this to drag on until the final few hours of, of the deadline day and we're still scratching our heads wondering, waited with break your breath to see is he going to sign for Wolves. They would like it to be wrapped up obviously as soon as possible. We're hearing maybe next 24, 48 hours or so we could get uh, an idea of where it's going. That is 
either way really whether you know Wolves get the green light or whether Wolves have to pull the plug and move on um, there's a few small reports coming out overseas that um, that uh, Flamengo are starting to realise that maybe they'll have to go with what the uh, what the player wants it's all quite cryptic and quite quiet um, but you know that if it you know speaks for itself really um, and, and you would hope the Wolves can get it over the line um, but they will they want to get you know an answer as quick as they can because if they have to move on and turn their attentions out elsewhere and possibly get someone else in this window um, they will do there's no guarantees they'll be able to do it of course but if they want to be able to to have that opportunity basically to do that equally cool. if cool. they do bring Jao Gomez in Joe Hodge is most likely going to go on loan um, and they would need a decision with Gomez in to allow themselves the time to get Hodge the right kind of loan as well um, for him to have game time development. So it's um, it's one that so we're that's interesting. It's interesting news you're giving there, Liam. That you know that the, the Hodge, who's just signed a new deal as well, very well deserved. That he could be um, one of those people to to make way at least get him six months out at a club if Jao Gomez was to come in. So. Do you feel that that would be the right situation for Hodge? I mean, look, he's done very, very well recently and I think he's not let himself down. Is that slightly harsh? And if and if he did go out on loan, what kind of clubs would you be looking to loan Joe Hodge to? Would you look at Championship? Would you look at potentially Premier League? Or would you look to abroad, do you think? I don't think the Premier League's viable considering the position Wolves are in and the kind of clubs that would probably take him because it's most okay. likely strengthening a rival in some fashion. I don't think abroad probably makes a lot of sense. I think the championship is the is the move, um, and I think it is the right move because look, he's been he's been very good. Lopetegui likes him. He got himself a new deal, um, but he wants to play football. Wolves want mm-hmm. him to play football and develop. And if they do bring Jao Gomez in, they're going to be absolutely overloaded in midfield, um, especially with Bubakar potentially coming back. Exactly, as well. the Neves, Nunes, Matinho, Lamina, Sarabia obviously can come in and play centrally as a ten as well. Um, Bubakar coming back from from injury, and then Hodge finally as well. So yeah. um, I think you know, and, and remember as well that part of the reason for bringing Jago Gomez in, if they can land him, is one they don't want to miss out on a player who you know, like the Enzo Fernandez situation, where he could go on to be worth a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. um, and turn out to be a very good player in, in Europe. But equally, the position is going to be there's going to be a lot of movement in that position in the summer Matinho is most likely to move on Neves is likely to move on Nunes is very much 50-50 and there's clubs like Liverpool interested so they're also planning ahead with some of these signings Lamina uh, Jao Gomez if they can bring him in so I think it would be the right decision for Hodge because he's very much part of Wolves' future they want him to be part of the squad um, but in the short term it may be best for him to go play but it's very much dependent on bringing Jao Gomez in and as it stands we're hoping that that's going to become a lot clearer in the next twenty four forty eight. Okay, but it's dragged on. It's dragged on this long so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if it drags on a bit more. I guess the simple question for some people who are like, well, folks who've got all this money and the, this breaking transfer records left, right, and centre is why can't they offer a little bit more? Why are they so stuck on that fee? If it is only you know a few million more here or there, is it a principal thing? Is it a, is it a monetary thing? Is it is it more than that? Oops, sorry, you cut out slightly then for me. Could you oh, okay. <laughs> I was just saying, sorry, that, can you repeat that, please? I feel like a mastermind. Um, no, I was just saying that, like, 
let's say it's a couple of million, two or three million or that, that Lean are offering more. You know, I don't think it's a substantial amount more. No. Why, uh, why are Wolves digging the heels in when they're breaking transfer record after transfer record? Why can't, you know, if you're listening in, why can't why can't they find another couple of million match Leon's fee if that's the issue and uh, and, and get their man? Why are, they, why are they digging their feet in? Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple reasons really here. It's not that they can't match it, of course. It's, you know, they'd be able to make up the money if they needed to. Mm. The, the couple of reasons really are, one, they have a fee agreed. Um, yeah. The principle of having that agreed and then going back on that from the Flamengo's point of view, um, you know, Wolves, it's difficult to, be, to entertain that as a club because rightly they'll be furious about that. Um, they also don't want to be dragged into a, a bidding war with Leon. If Wolves go and match it, Leon then go and add another two, three, four, five million on top yeah. um, in a desperate attempt to, to sign him, then Wolves have got themselves in a real difficult position. Equally, if they go and, and match it, it sets a precedent for other clubs who look at Wolves and say, ah, they they folded in this situation. They folded, they mm. gave in, they paid the extra cash to bring the player in. They'll probably do that again. We'll ask, we'll ask for a bit more or whatever the situation might be. So I don't think it makes sense for Wolves to cave um, long term. Short term, great. You know, you bring the player in, everyone's happy. But I think long term, the, the kind of precedent it sets is, is not a very smart one. It'd be interesting to see if Wolves do... Um, change their position and stance on that but as it stands I don't think that is going to change and um, and Wolves would, would like to to bring the player in for the kind of fee that they had agreed originally yeah I guess it's basically you know it's like, it's like buying a house isn't it you know you put, you're asking off for anything you're going to get it and then all of a sudden someone goes up you it's, it's part of it and I'm sure it goes on all over world football it's frustrating at the same time there's, there's a case of FOMO here as well. For the sake of two million and, and keeping your pride and your stance, he goes to Leon, all of a sudden he absolutely kick, takes off and he's a world beater and he's worth double double or treble or quadruple that very, very quickly with due to his age. So it's it's working out, I guess, you know, the, the, the most effective scenario and whether they can gamble on that and whether, you know, yes, they might save face by not by not going an extra couple of million, but you know, in the, in the long, long run, if you're playing the, the long game, that could be, you know, they could be, I guess, regretting it. In, in two or three years' time, it's just part of it, and I understand that. I understand the process. It's just very frustrating that the way that, end of the day, Wolves have acted properly in this all the way through, and it's not. It's not, it's um, it's the Brazilian club that have really really scuppered things. So frustrating, but it does happen. Um, and watch this space, like you say, like Liam says there. Twenty four to forty eight hours is crucial. Um, Fabio Sil was one who you mentioned as well last week, Liam. Someone who was uh, linked with a host of clubs and was set to cut his his loan short. That's exactly the case um, PSV was said was the most likely he's been spotted at PSV there were pictures of him there however no deal as of yet what's the what's the situation there yeah so the latest as of um, this afternoon Tuesday afternoon um, is that from the players side it's all complete you know PSV want him he wants PSV um, he went as you say he went and watched the game where they beat Vitesse 1-0 on Saturday um, and, and from their point of view it's all done the situation is they've got to get it agreed with with Anderlecht, there's, there's obviously compensation to be involved here. Wolves have got a green light it. Wolves may be asking for um, a loan fee. You know that remains to be seen as well. So there's a lot of things to, a lot of red tape to get past, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I still expect it to go through. Still expect it to get done. It'll probably move quite quickly as well once it's all agreed. Um, we're just waiting for it to, to sort of get the green light. So I'm keeping on top of that one um, with every passing day and hoping to, to get some more updates soon. So, um, could um, could Fabio Silva be be finding his locker in the PSV Eindhoven changing room, and could it be um, Kijana Hoover's old locker? Because it seems like <laughs> he's uh, he's getting bombed out at the same time that they want Fabio Silva in, 
uh, not made an impression there. They want to cut it short and could be returning to Compton. Is, is that a situation that you think will happen? And if so, could you see him at Wolves for the remainder of the season? Or do you think they'll be looking to loan him out again ASAP? It's been, um, let's be honest, I mean, these are one of the more, I say, lower cost issues, um, you know, from a, from a financial point of view. But of course, you know, it's kind of involved, I guess, in the Jota deal as well. But, you know, it's been a bit of a disaster. Bruno obviously had huge issues with him. We had that iconic now, really, press conference where he really went for him from nowhere. Not even asked the question. Oh, no, and he went in on Kijana Hoover. I mean, all, all that I was asked one... was, how's his injury? <laughs> how's his injury, uh, Bruno? And he went on a five to ten minute rant that just had the whole one of those I was there moments. Press conference was just wide open with, with the way that he went on. He obviously wanted to get it off his chest. And um, and it was bye-bye key, key pretty, pretty quickly after that. So new manager in, of course, since then. Would you think that he would look? I mean, you say right back, and I know Nelson Smith has been better as of late, but there has been issues there. Could could you see a or envisage a scenario where Hoover comes back in and Lopetegui wants to have a look at him at Compton, or do you feel that they'll want to get him out ASAP and then reassess in the summer? So he is coming back, um, and he'd be going straight out the revolving door. Okay, <laughs> pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so the plan is yeah to get to get him another loan before the end of the um, end, end of the month. Uh, he, he's not. He's not impressed, really, unfortunately, at PSV. He's, the last time he played was early November. Um, he's only played eight times in all competitions as well. Um, and, and he'll be he'll be coming back to Wolves um, imminently and, and they're looking for a new loan for him. Um, look, if they don't get that sorted, he'll be at the club, you know, in the building, in and around the squad. But I don't suspect we'll see him unless... You know, desperate injuries. Uh, They'll be in the bomb squad, will he? The old bomb squad that used to be there. The four <laughs> or five people who couldn't get loanies, the Bonatinis, etc. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go that far. But I don't, I don't. You know, he's not going to be in the first team plans for this season unless you know, Tomato and Johnny both go down with an injury. Um, Does Hoover play another minute for Wolverhampton Wanderers? Yes or no? One million dollars you've got. One oh. million dollars. <laughs> double honest, or double off, or quits. Three off, million dollars to bet. Off the top of my head, I don't know exactly how long his contract is, um, but I'm going to go and say no. Yeah, really? Okay. I'm going to go and say no. Look, I, I might be wrong, and you know, he might, you know, he might come back next season, and be great, but I don't think it's going to happen. But stranger things have happened. I, I was, as I was just about to say, you know, injuries could happen this season. Mm-hmm. Let's say they don't get him alone in mm-hmm. time for the end of the month because. Look, we've only got a week left, by the way. So yeah, if he doesn't get a loan in time and he ends up staying and then all of a sudden Johnny Semedo injured and then one of Collins or Dawson, who can, play, who can both play right back, by the way, one of them get injured and the other one has to play centre-back. All of a sudden they need a right back. The, the other three options are all injured. Mm. Look, I know this is you know very unlikely, but let's say hypothetically and he comes in and he does really well. You never know what will happen. Um, it just seems very unlikely and Wolves are actively looking to, to send him out on loan again this month. Right, uh, last last thing, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit. I know there's a lot of um, ifs and buts and, and transfers, but of course, like you say, Liam, it's it's a week today before before deadline day, so can't wait for that 16 hour shift. But uh, buzzing for that, buzzing. <laughs> look, goalkeeping. Look, it's been, been a difficult week for Jose Sarli, and you've got to say, uh, Liverpool. He was all over the shop, really, and then he continued that on on Sunday. Doesn't look comfortable. Doesn't look comfortable playing out the back, um, and uh, some errors that we both said at the time. The way that, I mean, it was obviously calamitous goal to give away. But this wasn't one calamitous mistake in a season. This has been coming for a long time, something like this. Um, he's struggling. He's struggling badly at this moment in time. Um, we talked about Matty Sarkic and then looking at other goalkeepers. Can you see a scenario where Jose Sar's position is up for grabs? Can you see them making a change? And if not, 
how do how do they fix him? And, and you talked about you know bringing in a second choice keeper uh, to push Saar between now and then the season. How is that developing? Yeah, so I'll cast your minds back to Christmas Day. <laughs> um, oh. the, the, I know all that food. That story that I put out to say that you know Wolves are, are actively looking for another goalkeeper in January if they can do it. Um, they want competition for Saar, whether that is a sort of more competitive number two or a number one style uh, goalkeeper that can push Saar all the way. And again, as I say, that from the story, that could be this month or it could be the summer, but they're looking actively searching to, to make a transfer there, which would result in Sarkic moving out. Um, so as it stands, there's, there's nothing changed. That's still the same. Um, we mentioned in the last podcast that, that Daniel Bentley... Um, at Bristol City um, is very much of interest and that could definitely happen but it is very much reliant on Sarkic getting a move so it's going to be one that you know, one to watch basically because they need to you know get Sarkic game time elsewhere whether that's alone or permanent and um, and to do and and yeah to do the Bentley deal they need to, to make need to make that happen um, but also to add to that add, add to that story is that I suppose you could phrase it as next six months, next 12 months. Um, I think Wolves are going to be looking um, to sign a, you know, a more senior goalkeeper, a first-team, number-one-style goalkeeper. Whether Jose Sarr loses place straight away um, is difficult to say, of course. But I think there's definitely the possibility of bringing someone in that maybe suits the way Lopetegui wants to play a bit more. Um, and someone well if he does could you sell it could you see them selling him in the summer because he wants to bring a number one who can play with the ball at his feet you know what he's trying to do but if the player can't do that if they can't adapt if they can't change the way that they that they distribute the ball then surely Lopetegui would want to one cash in on a Portuguese international um, and two and two bring in someone who he wants from the start yes it's it's definitely possible but the, the key word here is competitive they want a competitive squad, and that is across all aspects of the um, of, of the field. And that's something Wolves haven't had for a long, long time, is competition in each position. And we're talking top-draw players in each position. We're not talking necessarily kids always coming. The kids will be involved, the likes of Hodgkins, you know, Bueno, you know, for example. But players that you know are international players, players at the top of their game. And this is what Wolves want, and this is what they want to build. So Sark could still be part of that, definitely. But he, at the moment, he gets a free ride because he's not got anyone who is going to push him all the way for that number one shirt at the moment. So they want to add to that, definitely. Um, I think Daniel Bentley, if he does come in, and, and again, they're, they're you know, hoping it could happen and, and they're looking to move on that in the next few days. Um, if, they, if they do bring him in, he, it's not really a long-term type of signing. I think it's, it's a more competitive, more experienced number two in comparison to Sarkic. But in the next 12 months or so, they probably um, will, will move on a more senior goalkeeper. And that leaves Saar's position um, a little bit in doubt. Like, I wouldn't say like, he's going to get completely cast aside and, and, and gone, but um, he's going to have to adapt, as you say. It's funny as well, because we look at the way they're, they're trying to play. And Lopetegui spoke about this after the game as well. It's not always to play short. Like, they do that a lot. They do that a lot. Don't get me wrong. But he made it clear uh, in the post-match after City. And also, if you watch his reactions when Wolves do mess up play, playing out from the back. He's made it clear that we need to make, take the right decisions at each moment. So if that isn't playing out from the back, then he does mm. want him to play long as well. So he needs a goalkeeper that can do it all. And at the moment, Jose Sars come in as a goalkeeper who, in his first season, was amazing, don't get me wrong, but a goalkeeper who was known for being better at playing out from the back, better than Patricia, because we know what his distribution was like. And now he's that's the part of the game that he's really struggling with. So... 
I'm not going to write Sar off by any means, but Wolves are looking for competition. They're looking for signings there. Bentley is, is, is looked at as a, a short to mid-term option and potentially they're looking beyond that to bring in a more senior goalkeeper as well. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'll have a little bit more to say about January. Or should we should we finish January now? Let's finish January let's now. Let's do it, come on. Let's finish January now. Let's let's finish. Let's complete the set. Um, so deadline day Tuesday, Liam. Apart from Gomez, who you say there's going to be developments hopefully in the next 24 to 48 hours, watch this space. Um, can you see anyone else being uh, either leaving the club or, or coming in? A lot of people, when I was interviewing the fans after the game, thank you very much again for stopping, especially it's difficult when they've just been 3-0 um, and freezing cold conditions as well coming out, but really appreciate everybody who stops. Um, a lot of people saying they still need a striker, and we've talked about Yorkes from, from Coventry City. That's kind of gone quiet for me a little bit, um, but could you see, and we've talked about maybe Cunha playing ahead of Raul, can you see uh, a, a, a main number nine coming in, a, a goal-scoring striking Fox in the box, number nine, coming in between now and, and Tuesday at 11.59pm. So I still stick by what we've been saying recently, is that signing a striker is not Wolves' priority right now. Um, the first thing to say to that is they've signed Mateus Cunha. They see him as the man. Whether you think he's a number nine or not, I think that's up for debate. But they see him as the man who comes in on, on a £43 million record signing as someone who has been signed to score the goals. Um, obviously, it's not happened yet, but that, that's that's the that's the man they're after um, to, to to find the back of the net. They they also look at the you know look at the size of the squad, the positions they've got. Three, if you count in Cunha, three number nines there in Jimenez and Costa as well. The only way they can really bring a striker in now is if someone else leaves. Now that does seem unlikely at this point as well. Um, so. There's two parts to this, really, with the striker in terms of why they won't be able to bring someone in. One is, as I've mentioned with Cunha, two is the size of the squad and those players I mentioned, but also the squad list and the amount of foreign players. So they could bring in a homegrown striker, that's absolutely true. But if they wanted to bring in a foreign striker, then they would have to, as I say, move on either Jimenez or Costa. And at the moment, it's just not likely to happen in any of those any of those positions. So I think don't write Cunha off. I think that's the idea is that, you know, they want him to be the one scoring the goals. Yeah. Um, but it just seems unlikely they're going to bring a striker. In. And I know that won't go down with fans, but at the moment it's unlikely. It's not impossible. Look, if there's movement in the next few days, if interest in a player or they can bring a player in that they think is the right deal, albeit the squad's going to be a bit too full, then they may do it. But I think there's there's a reluctance to bring someone in with the kind of numbers they've got in striker in the striker position and then have one of him and Ansel Costa not in the squad basically is that's that's the that's the conundrum you've got so at this moment in, in, in time it seems very unlikely okay I mean and just just to add to that Wolves' business in January in terms of major business is <clears throat> almost done yeah Jao Gomez will if he does come in will probably be the final sort of big money signing if you will um, and then they'll have a few little things like Mosquera going out on loan, Hodge possibly mm-hmm. going out on loan, this goalkeeper potentially coming in. Um, but in terms of big, you know, exciting signings that fans are, are looking for news on, it's probably Gomez and, and then done. Just depends on how the next few days go. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess some people like Costa more than more than others. But you would have thought that if they do get the striker that they want, that Costa would be the easy one to. To get off the books, um, I mean, I know not wages, etc., but it just looks like he's definitely at the back of the queue at this moment in time, doesn't he? I mean, didn't even get a minute on on Sunday. 
but like you say, they've still got his wages to pay. So, yeah, interesting one. I agree with you, Liam. I think that that's probably going to be it, um, bar, bar Gomez coming in. Uh, just if the most pessimistic uh, Wolves fans in the world will want me to ask this question, so I've got to ask it. Um, could, with all these midfields, you talk about the packed midfields, and, and if they do get Gomez in and they've got, you know, Lamina and Moutinho and, and Nunes, there's no chances there that... that a crazy offer could come in for Ruben Neves in this last week and, they, and they'd let him go? I don't think it's likely. If, it's a, if it is a crazy offer, the Wolves will, will consider everything. Of course they will. They have to take it into consideration. But they've got no appetite to lose their their main man, their captain at this point. So, um, yeah, I, I, don't think there's, uh, I don't think there's any danger of that. But in the summer, oh, that's, a, that's a very different story, I'm afraid. I've got a question for you. Go on. This is my question. So I was thinking about the other day. Um... Let's say Ruben Evers goes in, in, in the summer. Okay, fair enough. Who would ca- who's, who's your Wolves captain without Neves? It's a tough one, that, isn't it? That is a tough one. Um, I'll give you mine, and then maybe you can think about yours. I was just about to give a name, but I'll let you go first. I'll let you go. All right. This might be very bizarre and very left field. Okay, maybe it's not what I was going to say. Okay. It's really difficult because you look at them. I don't think that's a part of the, work, the reason they've struggled this year because they haven't got too many leaders on the pitch. I know we keep on going on about it, but I don't think there is too many out there. If Ruben Neves is, unless they bring a captain in, for me, if I had to captain someone, I'm going to go a bit of experience. I'm going to give I'm going to give the captain's armband, Liam, to Craig Dawson. Oh my, okay, that is exactly what I was going to say. Oh, come on. <laughs> when you said left field, I didn't think that was, you were going to say Dawson. Well, the guy hasn't, the guy hasn't played a minute for Wolves yet. Yeah, I, no, I know, but I think, I think it's a quite an obvious suggestion that only because of his age, oh. experience, Premier League experience. That's why when you said left field, I was like, oh, he's not going to say Dawson then. He'll say okay, like okay. Mosquera or something. I don't know. Costa. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a genuinely a good shout. Like, okay. I know he's only just arrived at the club, but I, I think, you know, on the contract he's on, the position Wolves will be in in terms of experience. I think that's a, I think that's a good shout. I really do. OK, let's get straight on with what you've all been waiting for. The media facilities ranked in the Premier League from 11th to 15th. 11th to 15th. Um, for people who weren't or didn't listen last week, first of all, disgrace that you haven't, but we'll, we'll, cap, we'll, we'll give you a rundown from 20th to 16th. So 20th we had, Liam. Oh, I, I, for some reason my mind went blank, but of course it was Everton. 20th Everton, 19th Palace, 18th Nottingham Forest, 17th Leeds United, and we finished off last week with 16th placed Fulham. This might be a bit of a surprise to some, Liam. Have you got, have you got it ahead of you as well? I've got, got it in front, front of me. me. 15th place in media facilities in the Premier League is West Ham United. West Ham United. Now... There's a lot of factors that have gone into this, Liam. Um, I'll explain a few, then you can probably um, elaborate. But first of all, uh, it's not a football stadium, it's an Olympic stadium. But anyway, uh, we have to park in the Westfield Centre. It's a good 15 to 20 minute walk for us to get across. We've then got to go halfway around the stadium. Then we've got to go under the stairs, go through a media tent where the... Honestly, the security is crazy. It's it's a full-blown place to even get through it. Um, Then you have to go into basically the... The undergrowth of the stadium into the tunnels. You find you eventually find your way into the media room. The food's average. It's a huge room. The press conference room's okay. You've got to then get a lift up to the top, and even then you're taking forever for the lift. And you get you have to walk all the way to the concourse. Go upstairs. Yes, the Wi-Fi is fine and great. You get into your table, very comfortable. But then you're you're literally two and a half miles away from the pitch. For me, it's just a no go. 
I'm not, not a big fan of going there. No, I completely agree. It's a bit of a maze, as you just said there. Um, and then facility spinners are quite average. I mean, the, the actual press box itself is pretty decent, but it is just so far away as well. Yeah, not my not my favourite. And as I was saying about the car park, I was really interrupting you. You've got to pay. And look, I'm a, I'm a tight answer. Oh. If I can get something for free, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely shocking. So, so West Ham United are, are definitely number 15 on the list. 14th on the list list is somewhere a lot closer to home. Liam, do you want to go with it? It is Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Villa. Um, look, parking not great. Not great. I have to park in the Tesco. Kino, where did you park last time? Uh, on a dodgy side street that I had to walk back at midnight. Not the greatest area in the world. Not ideal. Um, no real media door. You've got to knock on the door. You can't get in and out. It's round the side. Um, for me, the food at Aston Villa is shocking. Every time I've gone there, shocking. Just I, like I, one course. I don't course. quite agree. It's actually Oh, not, it's terrible, it, Kino. It, it was the other, when we went the other day, it wasn't that, or the other week. It wasn't that. that one was choice. Okay. Who does one choice of food? They actually, I they asked did, for the vegetarian. They, didn't they have sort it. of did two when I was there. It wasn't vegetarian, you're right, though. Um, they had a pick small, and mix, though. A small small pick and mix, yeah. There's a small pick and mix, which helps, um, I guess. And, and the media room's quite nice. I get, uh, seating's a bit old school, isn't it? You're right in the corner. Um, the view's decent, but tables. it is a little bit... Yeah, it is a little bit to the side, and yeah, I know what you mean. And Wi-Fi's not great. So, so Aston Villa, even though, obviously, a nice stadium, but for me... Maybe surprisingly, is um, is fourteenth on the list. Thirteenth is, and you you wanted them a bit higher, I think. Or no, 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 wanted, no. There was no, another team. Okay, thirteenth on the list is Brentford. Brentford is thirteenth on the list. Now, I quite like going to Brentford because even though it's outside, it's, even though it's in London, it's on the outskirts of London. You don't have to go all the way in, so the journey's not too bad. You get parking. It's not too far away. It's a new stadium. Yes, it's a very Sabutio style. It's tiny. It's absolutely tiny. But from a media point of view, it's a functional room for me. The food's always good. They've got the best coffee in the whole of the Premier League. Absolutely delicious coffee. And you go out there, you've got a big table, you've got big TV screens next to you, and the Wi-Fi's fine. For me, and you're right on the halfway line, for me, it's a very comfortable place as a media uh, to go and to go and cover a football game, I'm going to agree with most of that. I'm going to disagree mm. slightly. The, yeah. You said it's a it's a functional media room. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's you're doing them a favour there. It's a bit kind. Okay, okay. It's so small. I mean, you can't even move in there, and there's and there's always like you know thirty people packed in there, and you can barely move. Um, so I'm going to slightly disagree with that. The fact that you said the food is good surprised me, considering your standards are astronomical. Um, Maybe it's because I'd finished after my fancy dress party and I was just demolishing That's any true. kind of the food any kind of sausage roll and mince pie. It was pie. decent, but it wasn't. You know, it's not nothing incredible. But the coffee's okay. nice. Yeah, the you know the the, the press box is good. Wi Fi is good. Um, although last time when we went there, what was it the other month? The um, mm-hmm. walking out into the press box and it did smell of mould, which was a little bit concerning. Oh, did but, it? Yeah, but um, otherwise, you know, pretty decent Brentford. You know, there's 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 some naming no names who are a hell of a lot worse. Yes. Um, I'll do 12th and you can do 11th keynote. 12th on the list is Southampton Football Club. Now, this is probably one that, Liam, you haven't been to, have you, Southampton? So I have been, but I it was, it was, I was caught partly enough COVID it. restrictions, so I didn't get to sort of experience the food or the facilities quite. So basically, you need to lead on this one because I don't really know much about it. 
Parking not great, you go up the stairs, uh, friendly media staff, which I think always makes a big difference, always very, very friendly, smile on the face, easy to get up to, very nice media room, food is excellent when functioning, uh, like I say, COVID probably robbed you of that, um, but loads of options, loads of cakes, loads of pick and mixes, um, and then a short walk up to um, to the press box, which again has been, is very comfortable, um, not an issue. You're kind of at the back of the stand, but at the same time, you get a good overall view of the pitch. And maybe, maybe because they've had good results at Southampton, um, it um, it helps. But also, also nice bit of it, nice bit of of, uh, of city to be in as well. So Southampton, even though it's not great for me, it's the it's where most media rooms should um, should look at that and go, we need to we need to do this or better. And for me, it finishes twelfth on the list. So well done, Southampton. This is there. Uh, we're getting into better clubs now. I'll leave you with 11th to finish off, Liam. So we've gone 20th Everton, 19th Palace, 18th Forest, 17th Leeds, 16th Fulham, 15th West Ham, 14th Villa, 13th Brentford, 12th Southampton. To finish off this week, 11th place, Liam Keane is... Bournemouth. Bournemouth! Yes. So Bournemouth. Now I, you um, had to... You fought you for got Bournemouth. confused slightly because you said I was... I was asking for was it Southampton to be higher or one of the Brent, Brentford maybe. Brentford, but I think yeah. I, I think I championed Brentford and you went. You really looked after Bournemouth. I looked after Bournemouth. I championed Bournemouth because when we were putting it together, we obviously start at the bottom. The first two spoke for themselves <laughs> when they went straight to twentieth and nineteenth instantly, um, and we moved Bournemouth over to that left side yeah. towards the bottom. And yes. we left we left them to linger there while we went through the other teams, mm. and then as we as we were bringing the other teams in, we found that we were moving them up ever so slightly, moving them one space, two spaces. They were slowly going up, and I fought for them to go ahead of Southampton, um, and I think ahead of Brentford actually as well when we were discussing it. Um, and I think I've got good reason to look. You get parking at Bournemouth. You yes. the, the media room's big. There's a lot of space. Um, you know, small criticism. There's, there's not a lot of uh, proper good seats, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you get you get room. Um, the food's decent. They've got big fridges and everything. Um, yeah, look, I think it's um, I, the, the press box is you know easily accessible. It's you know good view. Wi-Fi, from what I remember, seemed to be good. Um, we both we both may have got uh, parking tickets in August when we, when we went there, but that has nothing to do with the stadium, so I will not blame them for that. Um, it said it was forty miles an hour, man. I know. But overall, oh yeah, it was a parking ticket, by the way. Oh, did I say park? I meant speed. Yeah, speed ticket. Same thing. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I know, rapid. But I champion Bournemouth. I think I think they do a pretty good job. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm happy enough going there. Yeah, I really enjoyed that nil nil. Thanks, Lee. Um, right, we will have tenth to uh, sixth next week. So uh, things are hotting up. Now we're getting into some really decent facilities. So I think anyone Liam in the top in the top ten uh, are good. We'll, we'll look forward to them, don't we? Definitely, and by the way, um, Wolves will be absolutely buzzing that we haven't said their name yet. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, wait and see where you're going to land. But they'll wait be absolutely and see. Wait, buzzing. Wait and that. see. Wolverhampton still in the mix, first to tenth. Uh, we'll get sixth to tenth next week. Right, a uh, couple of things, a couple of news and notes. Uh, Kettleandtoasterman.co.uk, of course, our beautiful sponsors. Um, look, Kino's freezing, heated blanket, double twenty quid. Get yourself involved with that. There's also a single for a tenner kettleandtoasterman.co.uk it's easy to remember after this podcast make sure you go with them kettleandtoasterman.co.uk you can get yourself so many incredible deals especially when you know the thermostat says what, what does it say eight it eight degrees eight. it was eight. Oh my god eight degrees in your room but you can feel 20 
for £15. It's a no-brainer. Also, uh, football prizes. Jean Moutinho signed shirt this week. Wednesday closes. Plus 10 instant win prizes. Yes, 10. Uh, that includes a Daniel Pedent signed and framed Wolves shirt, a Raul Jimenez signed shirt, a Diego Costa signed shirt, a Jose Sarr signed and framed Wolves montage. It's absolutely fantastic. Any Wolves shirt as well. Home, away, ice kit, £10 credit, £5 credit. There's loads of prizes to be won. There are 300 tickets available. £3.95, 10% discount code, Wolves Poddy. Football prizes go into the Wolves, um, the Wolves draw and that ends tomorrow at 7.30pm. So get involved with that. Uh, what else have we got to say? We've got to say, Liam, no game this weekend, but there is a massive game and, and a massive occasion as well for Wolves women on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Um, FA Cup tie against West Ham. The first time um, Wolves women in their history will be playing against a, a WSL team. So it's a massive moment um, for Dan and the team. And um, and yeah, we, I think we, it was important for us to mention it. Um, get as many people down to, to Telford uh, to watch it as possible, particularly with no game on this weekend. You know, you've got to uh, go out and support Wolves, and um, and with no with no men's first team playing, I think it, make, it only makes sense to get as many fans there as possible. Um, I've been told that I, I, this was a little bit earlier today, so it might have changed since then, but it was around about five hundred um, sold so far um, for the New Books Head. So I think if we can get that that number up, it'll be it'll be great support for what is hopefully going to be a, another historic day. Amazing. In Wolves women, as they you know, they keep taking strides forward, um, and, and this hopefully will just be another one. Tom, you're going to be there? Well, I do have bad news, I'm afraid, that I can't make it. I oh, am, Liam, I, man. I'm, I'm off from Thursday till Monday. I'm away. So, you're having uh, a little break, aren't you? Uh, yeah, you're I taking am. some of your time back from uh, 2022. I'm having, a, I'm having a mini break, so I'm not, I'm not here, but I'll be watching from afar and, um, and, hoping, they, uh, and hoping they do the business. So it's going to be tough, but... Um, but Dan's great, great the, experience. And look to, to see the standard that they've got to go to, and, and you know if they want to go up the leagues, and fingers crossed they do get up this year. But and then they've obviously got to go up again. But um, but to see the standard, to see what what level they're at, and and to test themselves, I think it's fantastic. And that's that's absolutely. kind of what they've wanted for a long time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This is the kind of test they're after. Um, and they you know they've been edging close soon. Like we talk about the fact they should have gone up to the championship already by now if it wasn't for the ridiculous rules, and they're getting ever so closer to that WSL. I think you know the, the way that they're building the team, you'd hope that they can make it one day, but this is going to be going to be a great test. And playing at, well, home, if you will, I know it's at Telford, but it's you know it's their home stadium and, um, and you would like to think that uh, they can put a good show on. So yeah, encourage everyone to get tickets, get down there, support the girls. It'll be, uh, it'll be a, great, a great occasion, hopefully. Before we uh, come on to questions, and there are 81 of them, which we will not be getting to today, but we'll get to as many as we can. Um, First of all, I want to discuss something that I guess has been brought up and actually is in quite a lot of the questions and a lot of the questions have been, I think we've discussed as well, so hopefully we've answered a lot of people's already in the last one hour and two minutes. Uh, Liam, the Molyneux atmosphere, we, we discussed it, we've discussed it a few times on this podcast and I know that it's been, it's been on social media quite a lot in the last few days. We've kind of said that the, the, the atmosphere is not the same as what it was recently. Um, it's... I guess a concern. I felt like Wednesday or Tuesday night against Liverpool, I was expecting it and we've discussed it that it was going to be a really big, huge, awesome atmosphere and I felt like it wasn't. I felt like it's still bubbling under to a certain extent and I think there's a lot of factors about um, when it comes into why the atmosphere isn't what it was. Of course, the easy one to say is that the success on the pictures has definitely dipped um, and that's, that's very simple and you can understand that to a certain extent. I don't think COVID has helped with this situation and not having fans then having to be reintegrated in. I actually think that 
Also, Wolves may be a victim of their own success, and before you maybe Molyneux wasn't sold up, but you had a hardcore bunch in um, who turned up every single week. But as success comes, Liam, and you get players, and sometimes the best players in the world, of course, it attracts people who maybe just come in for a, de- a game or two games. There's a lot of people who come in who, you know, I, I stop many fans, and they don't really are comfortable talking about Wolves. They're going to the games, but because you know, as a lot of other clubs have these days, they just want to come in for one or two or they bought a ticket online or through a third-party agent. And maybe that hardcore learning the songs, you know, making intimidating atmosphere, those people can't do it to to a certain extent. So I think that's an issue. And maybe the music, what, what do you think about the atmosphere and the way it's developed and whether any of those points are valid or maybe all of them? I think yeah. last, last one to me, sorry, before I cut you off. Um, and I don't think VAR's helped as well. I think oh. VAR's a huge factor where it stops, you know, it stops a moment. And I think this is a lot of these factors that I've, I've mentioned will happen all over the Premier League. And I think that when people um, ask these questions, I think a lot of the atmospheres are down. And I don't think that's helped uh, one bit. In fact, it's hindered in a, in a big way. But those are the kind of things that I've took and, and, and maybe thought why that morning atmosphere isn't what it was maybe a few years ago. Look, I... Um... I was just about to say VAR as well, by the way. You read my mind once again. I was going to say that, I think, definitely has an input. And all those other points, you know, I can't really argue with any of them. I think I think that's fair. Um, I did see there was you know, some sort of mini-movement um, on Twitter, a, a fan trying to sort of bring supporters together to, to, to think of ideas and, and, and club together, really, to, to, to improve the atmosphere. Um, and I think that's the right way to go about it. I think fan, there needs to be a, a group of fans that come together that are reliable and come up with with ideas and work together um, and are constructive and can go to the club with some ideas because the club will be open to to sharing ideas and and thinking of ways to to improve it because everyone wants the same goal and that goal is to have them on you bouncing like we know it can be. So um, everyone wants the same goal. I think it's important we can get those kind of fan bases together, a group of the fan base together to do that, make it representative of, of the fan base as a whole. Um, and give them an opportunity to share those kind of ideas with the club. Um, so I, I would encourage people to to, to get in, involved with us. I mean, you know, send ideas into the podcast. Maybe we can look at it for next week. What kind of ideas do you think would be? Yeah, would, we can would, I'll tweet it out for for next week. I'll, I'll put a separate tweet out, and people can reply, and we can maybe discuss Absolutely. it a little bit a little bit further because they, they will, and we know that the club will will want to hear for the fans, and they definitely take it on board. I think that's really you know what makes Wolves you know such a fantastic football club. It's they do, and they will adapt, and I think Absolutely. that's very important. Um, look, a lot of people saying to liquidate and bring it back, Liam. Do you think that's something that could that could change overnight, or do you think it's a lot of different things and 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 that, that need to change from from a match day atmosphere point of view? And look, winning on the pitch is going to help. Let's be honest. Um, but I think the fans have got to 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 bring it a little bit as well themselves. I, I don't think I think Johnny Phillips wrote a good column about it actually um, just this this week gone saying it's a it's a two way street, and I think it is. In fact, I think it's more of a six or seven way street sometimes with the amount of factors that are involved. Like I said, but if we can get on the page where the club and the fans get on the same page and you're never going to have a 100% approval rate, but if you can get the majority behind some change, I think that would only only um, serve to, to really make that atmosphere excellent between now and the end of the season. Yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't think it's as, it's as simple as saying, you know, the team scoring goals and playing the liquidator, by the way, but... Mm. Um, uh, but, you know, they, they play a part. Of course they do. Um, it's been I think it's been 20 years now since the police asked... Ask Wolves and West Brom not to not to play it, and I, I think football's changed. I think fan bases have changed. I think there's a. Well, I'll be in play it. Uh, well, I'll be in that, that, play. that's exactly my point as well. So um, I don't think there's any reason why Wolves can't bring it back. Um, 
but there will be that that will have to be an internal discussion, and there'll be there'll be people that won't want it back as well. So it's not guaranteed, but I think I think it can be a conversation, and and um, and I'm, I'll chase that up and see if that's something that, that they're looking at, and it's something the fans can suggest. But it's not the the be all and end all. There's there's lots of ideas fans can bring together here, and also just just to finish that point off as well that. Um, I think you know if there is a group of fans that can come together and actually be constructed with the ideas, get the ideas across, open a line of communication with the club, and start to discuss these things. That's something that I can I can cover as a journalist who covers Wolves as well. I can do a story on that. I can get the word out there. I can help um, and hope well, hopefully help to to generate more ideas and more traffic towards this. So um, I, w- I would encourage any fans who are able to get together and, and m- make this something sort of palpable to get in touch with me as well and I'll hopefully be able to, to help them put something together. Great stuff, right? Let's get on to some questions. Uh, Before you five, do that, Judah, for questions. I'm terribly sorry cool. to interrupt you. Um, wow. a, little, a little bit of breaking news for the podcast. Okay, hit me. Uh, <laughs> I did tell you that it would move quickly, didn't I? Oh. With, with, um, with Fabio Silva. Yes. Um, everything is agreed with PSV. Okay. So the player will be joining PSV on loan. Um, we're expecting this to be announced and completed uh, tomorrow. So that will be Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but um, I'll try and find out the details of, of compensation, etc. Um, but for now, uh, Wolves um, have given the green light, and um, and it should be it should be good to go. There you go. You see, Liam's mentioned PSV, the first person to mention yeah, that PSV could be the destination last week, and then and then straight live on the podcast. It looks like it's all all been confirmed. You can't say that's why you got this to the podcast, peeps. Um, right, a few questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Have you ever worn chain or dog tags? Ninety percent sure that Burger Judah would have rocked this look in the nineties, says Stu. Have you ever worn dog tags, Liam? Dog tags, no. Um, but I, I, I don't mind a nice, a nice silver chain. I wore one in pre-season. You know, I, I, I wear it on you know, going out and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't mind a little silver yeah, chain. I was, I was known for a pendant back in the days. I loved a pendant, um, and I think I did wear dog tags at some point with a very army green jacket. I mean, wow. I wouldn't last a minute. I watched that SAS jungle thing last night. Christ, I wouldn't last five minutes. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> My good God. Right. Um, Andrew uh, Krasnowski says, is the Wolves brand growing or slowing in China and why a lack of communications from Jeff and Guao, especially at the position we find ourselves in? I think, well, I'll leave you to do it. Leave you to answer that question. Well, it's difficult to say whether it's slowing or growing. I think the idea is, of course, they're growing in all markets. America's been a big one as well and that's that's what they're marketing for. That's what they're aiming for. Um, In terms of the, the, you know, those two individuals being silent, um, they've never been Loud, so no. it, there's a you know it's not that, that anything's changed. Um, hopefully, Jeff will do some sort of interview, and I'm, I'm always pushing to hopefully be the person to do that. Um, but it, it normally does wait until the uh, you know the the Ask Wolves situations at the end of the season. So um, the attitudes haven't changed really in that respect. I would like it to be a bit more bit more open, obviously publicly. But um, yeah, always always pushing to try and to try and get something. Uh, Jason Guy says after against Liverpool in the dining seconds of the cup. Why, when we had a corner, did we play it short when it's an opportunity to cross into the box with nothing to lose? And is your heart in the mouth every time we play across our box? Yes, I mean, I think a lot of people are asking that and, and we discussed uh, Jose Sarr and, and yes, it is to a certain extent. But um, more crosses into the box, Liam, especially now that Dawson's there? I think it makes a lot of sense. We've, we, we've already spoken to death about Dawson, but you know he's such a threat yeah. from offensive set pieces. Um You've got to get. I prefer getting them into the box. I don't know. I get frustrated not seeing it happen. But um, I think Wolves. You know, Wolves have got 
big men in there who should be doing better. And hopefully Dawson will only add to that. Dom Rust, what happens with Totti Gomez? Um, could he go out on loan? Uh, I don't think so, no. I mean, we're talking about the numbers at centre-back. It's going to be a, um, a, a two, sort of two for each position, left and right. Um, and particularly if they do want to play a five, they're going to want Totti around the building. Obviously, with Mosquera going out on loan. Um, not what well, hasn't happened yet, but he will be going out on loan. So I don't expect that to happen. I, I, I keep championing Totti. I think he's a very good player. I think he's a natural defender. Um, I'd like to see him get more opportunities, but we'll, um, we'll wait and see. The Last of Us, interested or not, says Andrew Hatfield. First two episodes are very good. Uh, yes, I, um, I've watched the first two. I thought, thought it was really good. Um, do, do you have any idea what it is, Judah? Uh, I've watched the first two as well. So, yes, thoroughly enjoyed it. I haven't played the game, but um, yes, enjoyed it last night. Uh, I think it's going to be an excellent 10-part documentary series. Well, not documentary, series. Um, I, th- I think the girls are very good, actually, to be fair. I mean, when you're that young and you can go and, and have an attitude and, and swear like a trooper for 10 episodes, it's the, it's the dream, isn't it? Absolute dream. I, I I don't know if you with this uh, last one as well. It was it's come from a, a video game. I don't know if you know that. Mm. Uh, I played the game as well because you're not you're not listening to what I said. I said it's come from a video game. I just said that you're not listening to what I'm saying, do you? Okay, I'll be honest with you. It slightly cut out a little bit. I did. I was trying to gloss over it, but you, okay, yes, <laughs> but yes, you, I have. Yes, I got caught, I out. I got caught out there big time. I think there was there was a, there was a few scenes and they were playing they were playing the video game and they did a side by side on Twitter. So I, it was great I've to watched, see. Yeah, from both episodes, there's some mm. really good side by sides that um, yeah. it's because it's pretty much identical. But yeah, no, I, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I do I do a little bit of gaming here and there. Um, do you? And um, and that game was I think it was 2013, so it was 10 years ago it came out. Um, and yeah, I played it. Uh, how old have I been then? What, 16? God, I'm getting old, mate. You are old, mate. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I've just finished watching as well. I know I'm late to the party. That Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, that, uh, that, mate, that was Netflix. brilliant. I, I loved that. See, I really, I just, I couldn't enjoy, I don't think you can enjoy it. He said he loved it because you're a strange person, but um, the first few episodes, I, I, I was intrigued, but I just thought it was so weird and off that I felt uncomfortable watching it. And then I thought, Episode six is where it really started to come in. It was um, the episode with him and the the deaf black guy, and I thought that was an incredible episode. Yeah, it was. It was quite uh, harrowing, wasn't it? Yeah, incredibly harrowing and, and very engaging. I actually really enjoyed six to ten more than I did one to five, but maybe that's just because of the content and once you get used to it. But yeah, if anyone if anyone hasn't seen it, I would recommend seeing it. But just um, don't eat food or anything like that while you're yeah, watching it. Just save idea. it for. Save it for the evening, right? Let's move on very, very quickly. Um, CNNC Consultancy. I thought trying to get their flipping brand in, aren't they? Well, they just did. Have you seen the documentary Deadline Day yet? Sasha Kalajic appears to be very keen on a move to Manchester United. Any idea when Sasha is due back? I haven't seen that, no, but I'll try and give it a watch. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't add, uh, <laughs> I can't add much more than that. Um, he, I don't think he'll be playing this season, I don't think he'll even make the Premier League squad because mm. of the numbers they've got, as we spoke about on a previous podcast as well. So, um, so yeah, he'll most likely be back from the summer onwards. Um, Football Scout, we've kind of discussed that, but thank you very much for your kind words about us. Uh, Linda's Lama, Liam, what's the favourite part of your job pre-season, transfer window, pre-match, post-match, all that free food or something completely different? It's a really good. I actually really enjoyed this question when I saw it. Um, this sounds a little bit, uh, I don't know, it, it sounds a little bit, I don't know, like I'm gloating, but I genuinely enjoy all of, like, yeah, I, lo- I love everything. I, I do I do love the job, but 
I really did enjoy the pre-season because it was my first proper pre-season going mm. abroad, covering any club. I'd never done it before. Um, it was. I thought. I thought. Again, don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I thought we both. You know, it was really successful. You know, we managed to get some really good stories out there. Got great mm. access out in the sun. Got a few drinks while we were out there as well. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think I'll say that. But genuinely love all parts of it, and um, and yeah, n- no complaints. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a privilege to be doing our jobs. You know, a lot of people will work the whole careers in the media industry and not, you know, not do one game of Premier League football. So the fact that we've, you know, covered them here abroad pre-season, Shanghai, Austria, Switzerland, um, you know, Benidorm, uh, abroad, Europe. It's just incredible. It's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And we'd never, ever take it for granted uh, for one day, really. Well, maybe when we're... Maybe we're in an on-league ground freezing our asses off in the FA Cup. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's from, slightly different there. Apart from that, we might get a bit pretentious. But, um, um, can I jump in again? Pre-season's great, though. Pre-season yeah. is great. No, 100%. I'm, I'm sorry to jump in again, but and this is going to be... It's, it's slightly uh, all over the place with the Fabio details, but I do have a little oh, bit more... Oh, here we more. go. I do have a little bit more to give you. Uh, Come on, I've been, then. been working away on it in, in the... Uh, hey, look, it never stops. It never stops, Liam, does it? I so know. this is it. This people are listening to it. I know. Um, yes, so um, as I say, from the, my previous interruption, is that it's all agreed, all sorted. Um, the way it's going to work, uh, they, they've agreed, obviously, some sort of com- compensation with Anderlecht. Um, mm-hmm. the, the number there, obviously, I don't have the, the figure, unfortunately. But we, um, what I know is that they'll be covering Fabio's wages in full. Um, and they'll, and then to, as, a, as a sweetener for Wolves, um, obviously, Hover is returning, as we know. But to get the green light from Wolves, as I say, as a sweetener for them, um, they're paying a fee that will cover Hoover's full wages for the rest of the season as well. Okay. Um, which means that essentially it, it doesn't work directly and the money doesn't go directly from PSV through to you know paying his mm-hmm. wages, but effectively they'll be paying his wages, both their, both players' wages to the end of the season, but Hoover will be coming back and then going out on loan elsewhere. So, um, okay. so that's the latest with, with Fabio. And yeah, as I say, we'll be expecting to get all, uh, all wrapped up tomorrow. Look, that's part of Deadline Day. That's uh, you, you see Deadline Day and watch the documentary. You're actually living it here by listening to it. It uh, doesn't stop for podcast. Doesn't stop for anyone. So happy days. A lot of people asking about Cody Liam again. Can you uh, just um, maybe elaborate on that? Of course, Everton in dire straits. No manager. I think Dan Dan Jume is about to be sniped by by Spurs as well. They're they're in they're in big big trouble, aren't they? Yeah, I mean big time. Um, you do wonder from Wolves' point of view whether they get some sort of manager bounce or not uh, or new manager bounce rather when they bring someone in but you know they, they are looking in dire straits at the moment unfortunately but um, well fortunately for Wolves obviously but um, yeah the interest it's interesting that, that we had quite a lot of questions about Cody and I don't really know why because um, I don't know it's just because you know Wolves lost at the weekend or whatever it is but um, the situation with him is pretty straightforward he obviously is on loan there's an option for them to buy um, for, for Everton the way that options to buy typically sort of standard practice the way they typically work is that the contract for the player is agreed and signed when they sign on loan which meaning that all the club has to do is take up the option to buy them and the deal goes through um, so the player can't actually turn it down and, and say I'm not signing if the club takes the option they've already signed the contract um, obviously that if, you know, if Cody didn't want to sign if Everton go down he doesn't want to sign then they he, you know, the, the club might do him a favour and say, right, we won't, we won't sign you then. But theoretically, it's in the club's hands. If, you, if they want him to sign, they sign him. Um, we don't know whether Everton and May have done it slightly differently. You know, we're not, we're not privy to that information at the moment. But it's standard practice to do it that way. So you would imagine that that is that that's the way that they've structured the deal. 
Um, and also, if they do go down, you would imagine, is there a better person maybe than Connor Cody to, to help try and get them back up um, mm. as part of the squad? I think it's difficult to argue. So um, I think it's, at this point, very unlikely he ever comes back and plays for Wolves. You don't know what, you know, anything can happen in football, it might change, but it feels very unlikely at, at this moment in time. And, um, and he probably does go to Everton regardless. Just reading now, uh, Anthony Gordon could be going to Newcastle as well. My God, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, they're in. Wow, well, so I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's what's great, what's worse, the fee or, or his uh, highlights. But uh, anyway, um, terrible hair. Um, also, um, Joao Gomez has just put a, a picture out of himself, and uh, they're saying someone's someone's cropped it because it's got a red and blue filtered background, saying that must mean he's going to Leon. I mean, crikey, they'll do anything. They'll do anything. Uh, Twenty-four to forty hours. Watch this space. Right, last two questions, Liam. Okay, you sure? I'm ready. Can we get them? Okay, Wolfpack. Do you think we could go a whole calendar year without a Wolf striker scoring a league goal? That's just over five games left till the year mark. I was, I was reading this. It's astonishing, really. Hasn't been 12 months where a Wolves striker, Ari Jimenez or Costa, whatever, hasn't scored a Wolves goal. So Manchester City have scored 39 goals from their strikers. Um, Man United 22, Tottenham 21, all the way down the list. The last bottom four, West Ham 6, Palace 6, Southampton 6, Wolves 0. So, look, I mean, some play, some, some teams play two up front. Wolves obviously play the lone striker. So if you're not classifying the other forwards on the left and the right, then... I guess Raul Jimenez, Diego Costa, Kalajic, all these players who have who have come and gone haven't scored a goal in 12 months. That's crazy, right? I know. I think it's the... Uh, yeah, it's the Watford game, isn't it? That's the that's one we're mm-hmm. talking about, the Raul Jimenez goal with mm-hmm. a 4-0 win. Um, I mean, that says everything you need to know, doesn't it? About yeah. the position that's Wolves are in. That's why they are, yeah, this, of course, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, they haven't got strikers who, recently at least, have found the back of the net. And... And that's it. Won't be a year, though. It won't be a year. Oh, God, I, I promise hope, you. I hope not. I, I Five mean, games, no chance. No Cunha chance. or Jimenez, even Costa. I don't care who it is. Someone yeah. step up with a goal. But um, if we can stay away, well, yeah, I'll take that. If we can stay away from from that year landmark, that'd be ideal. But um, but yeah, they, they've not got they've not got long to go. And, and of course, it is a you know it is a storyline. It's a story. Wolves are not. Yeah. What no Wolf striker has scored um, in a year. If that is the case, and, and Wolves don't want that. The players don't want that. So they need to they need to make some sort of. Um, some sort of adjustment to, to the way the Lopetegui is playing and hopefully Cunha is that man. Last one from E. Deacon. Uh, is Nathan, Liam Keane, is Nathan a, a really a decent lad? Uh, oh. This might spell from a, your, your tweet that you tweeted out, very nice of you at Manchester City. Yeah, um, obviously that was you on my laptop when I stepped away to go to the toilet. <laughs> um, I can't even leave my, uh, my belongings around you safe anymore. Um, uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. Could have been a lot worse, Liam. Could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. But uh, yeah, it was quite funny. I'll give you that. And the and the the botter or the what's the word sort of um, automated account that um, did the graphic of my picture with the quote next to it was very funny. It was very very good. So you need to ask the question: Is Nathan really a decent lad? Come on, the floor is yours. Last last uh, minute. He's all right. Oh, he's all right. I don't on. mind him. It's, it, we, we've, he's... we've got a we've got a very loving relationship. Not in the way that you might think. <laughs> well, maybe in the way you think. Maybe depends, you know. Depends. depends um, um, I'm I'm very right. sorry, Judah. I'm coming in for well, a third time, mate. Oh my god! Third what time. is going on? You are killing me here. Breaking news! I'm coming in for a third time. The fact that this happened during the podcast is very good because the, these things change so quickly that you're always worried about the podcast going out before we. Spurs have come in last minute. <laughs> no. Um, the Daniel Bentley goalkeeper signing is going through. 
Wow, there you go. Um, it's all happening. Yep. Uh, he, he's going to have a medical tomorrow on Wednesday. Okay. Um, and it looks like Sarkic is heading to Stoke. Wow. Um, oh, so it's all Crikey. it's all it's all coming off all at the same time. But um, you know, <laughs> thank God for we've uh, we managed to get on the podcast. I think the the, the Sarkic is going to be um, a loan as well to Stoke. Yeah. So so it's uh, yeah, it, it's all everything that we've mentioned here. It's come out in good time. And uh, absolutely, I mean, this is this has literally been a deadline day podcast. A week to go. Uh, stunned, really. Um, but look, Jose Sal's got some competition, so so always good. And thank you, we've wrapped it all up. And thanks for uh, getting on just before we leave. Liam, have a great few days off if you can imagine to do that at back end of the week. Relax, have a drink. I'm going to need one, I think. <laughs> I think you are. You're going to need one after this podcast. Get yourself to jujitsu. Uh, we've run over, but um, I don't care because look, there's a lot going on. Hope you've enjoyed it. Next week, we shall be back with a full podcast. And of course, we'll be previewing the game against Liverpool at home in the Premier League. From me, from Liam. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.